0: Times have I been asked the question, Jody, how am I going to get a job when they all want three to five years of experience? Let's talk about that with this fun guest today, and why she thinks you should always get a business degree. Let's grow. Two quick reminders today, Thrivers, before we get started. First, next gen equine vet med. We want to see you in Texas, Kentucky, or West Virginia. So head on over to my website at www.jodyspeakslife.com to make sure you have all the information on next gen equine vet med. Second. My 2024 speaking calendar is booking and I would love to work with you. So if you are interested in having me join you as a speaker, a trainer, or a facilitator, then please reach out to me via LinkedIn or my website. You can find me on LinkedIn at Jody Lynch Findlay. With that, let's get on with the show. to The Thriving Equine Professional, the podcast to grow you. Are you wondering how to make connections to build your career in the equine industry? Not sure where to look for the support you'll need to land a dream job? Maybe you're feeling frustrated or stuck where you are. Hey, I'm Jody. I was that girl with no clue how to navigate landing a great career in animal health, but I knew this is where I wanted to be. I look back and cannot believe the roles I've landed and the people I call friends. Inside this podcast, you will meet key connections, build your career confidence, and find the advice you may not know you need. So if you're ready to grow your career and thrive in a job that you are passionate about, you're in the right place. Get the ponies fed and fill those water buckets. It's time to grow, girl. Welcome back, Thrivers. It is another Thriving Thursday. And today, I know I say this all the time, I'm so excited about our guest. But you have heard me talk so much about the importance of our mentors and our champions and our heroes in order for us to have a thriving equine career. And for me today, I will tell you that this young lady makes me proud. And so 10 years ago, it's been 10 years uh, that she first got in my truck with an interest in pursuing a career in animal health specifically equine and so miss amanda dingley thank you for being here with us today i'm really excited to share our story and your story with our listeners because it's so inspirational to pursuing these careers and opportunities coming about for you that you never knew existed so Let's tell the listeners a little bit more about who Amanda is and where you are. So Amanda, I'm coming to us from Kentucky today. So where are you?
1: I'm sitting in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, and we're getting a little bit of a cold front, but we have such beautiful weather and we're just enjoying it and... Thank you so much for having me today. It's definitely like a full circle moment that, yeah, after 10 years, we get to sit here and um, converse and kind of tell our stories and get to do this together. It's really, thank you for having me today. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. And that, and it really is, that's a great way to say it, Amanda, that it's full circle. So when you and I met, I was about 10 years into my animal health career, right? And hadn't been really in pharmaceutical sales all that long. I had come from feed and now here you are, time flies when you're having fun, but you graduated from Colorado State University 10 years ago in 2020, or 2014, is that correct? Yes, Yes. Exactly. So let's start there. Let's start with kind of the early days of Amanda. You say that you were absolutely determined to be a part of the equine industry. And that's what took you to the amazing number one equine science program of Colorado State. So tell us about that part of your journey.
1: Yeah, 100%. So I absolutely grew up horse-obsessed. I knew day one I was going to do something horse-related. Of course, my brain was equine veterinarian. That kind of made the most sense. That, And through that journey of looking at equine health and animal health and um, being a veterinarian, that's when I found uh, Colorado State. In high school, I found Colorado State and had the opportunity then to go there. And they had the number one equine science program, amazing vet school program, but also a really good business school as well. So it just made a lot of sense and I knew it was the perfect opportunity and I would learn about all these opportunities in the equine industry going there. So that's where, when I was at Colorado State, that's where I worked really closely with all my teachers and my advisors. And I was really opened up to a lot of the opportunities outside of just being being an equine veterinarian or being a horse trainer. I kind of went in thinking those were your two paths in equine and to work with horses. And I was then exposed to all of the career opportunities between, you know, pharmaceutical sales like we are in now and a nutrition and insurance and working for big equine hospitals, which then led me to, you know, Haggard and that uh, internship. So. Yeah. And I love that part, but I do want to stop on, on one
0: Really key point that you make that I think you and I share a passion for. You mentioned, and you mentioned it third behind equine science and veterinary program, but you mentioned the business program. And I know that you are very confident in telling other young people to absolutely pursue a business degree. Always get a business degree are the words I hear you say. I love that. And I don't want to bypass you sharing that with our listeners. Why do you say that?
1: Yes, 100%. So I came out of Colorado State with a business marketing degree and an equine science degree. And this really came from my dad. My dad was VP of Worldwide Sales for a long time. And, and he's been an amazing mentor for me over the years. But he was like, no matter what you do, you will always be successful as long as you have that business degree and the skills that came from taking those business courses um getting the marketing courses the speech courses the public you know speaking skills you learn taking those courses they teach you how to make business plans and make presentations and give them all of those skills you need for no matter what role you take in the future and with a business degree, you can always do any of these jobs we're going to talk about in the equine industry and beyond. In any, this, it's all of these skills are useful for any role you will ever have. And also it opened me up just the life skills. I mean, they teach you interview skills and resume skills and just all of those things you need for whatever role, anything you pursue in your life. Really,
0: I agree. And so I wanted you to share that because I know that our listeners will hear that. So, whether you are a young person that is currently in college or you are someone who is mentoring or coaching others, I think that we can really get stuck with our young people on equine pursuing equine science degrees. And I think that it ends up really narrowing their opportunities. And to be very frank about it, Amanda. A business degree in addition to equine experience gives you a competitive advantage, period. If you are interviewing inside or outside the industry, whatever it is you choose to pursue, if you have that business, business and marketing, economics, whatever that looks like, you have a competitive edge over anyone who is very narrowly pursuing equine only. And I feel strongly about that. And I know that you do too. So I wanted to make sure that that we shared that because I think that it has really contributed to your success as we'll hear more about, especially as it relates to your current role.
1: And to that, it was very feasible too. I actually got both degrees done in the four plus a semester. So I only took four and a half years of college to get both degrees um, so it, it's not an extra year. It's not an extra two years. It's actually really feasible to get both of those degrees at the same time, essentially.
0: Okay, good to know. Yeah, I hadn't even really.
1: So worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that you
0: have noted that as you have moved through the journey of your career. So after Colorado State, you left the West, I'll call it, right? So you're a Northern California girl, you made your way to Fort Collins, Colorado for school, and then you just kept coming East and you landed in Lexington, Kentucky. And so how did that happen and what was that experience?
1: Yeah. So the key there was during my college experience, when I figured out that equine veterinarian wasn't the path I was going to go and I was going to pursue some more of these industry, say, jobs and some other career paths outside of veterinarian or horse trainer, my advisors were really great about setting me up with a list of opportunities that would take me and open me up to these industry jobs. And they they were really great about once I had told them that I wasn't going veterinary school route, they were great about opening me up to the clubs I needed to be involved in, the teachers that I needed to talk to, some of the industry presenters that came into the classrooms, setting me up in front of them, and then also giving me a really good list of jobs and and internships that were going to put me on the right path. And that's when I was exposed to the Haggard internship and I was exposed to it in a way of, okay, this is a great opportunity to put you in front of the biggest horse industry in the world, put you in the middle of all of the key veterinarians, all of the key players in that horse racing in the horse industry, and in from you know get exposed to all of the pharmaceutical reps and the feed companies, and just get exposed to all of that. They knew that that was going to be the right next move to for me. Yeah, and so that's kind of key in college. Once you identify kind of a route, work with the teachers and advisors to identify these perfect opportunities. So I knew that right when I graduated, I had it lined up that I was headed right to Haggard. And that was going to be my next step to kind of identify exactly where I wanted to go. And I arrived in Lexington, Kentucky and in snowmageddon in January. <laughs> just, I was just wide-eyed and just kind of ready to soak up every opportunity and kind of expose myself to all aspects of that industry too. Yeah. And then I was just super blessed to be introduced to all of the pharmaceutical and manufacturer sales reps and distribution reps like Jody and some others. And that's when I identified this opportunity.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And so, but at the same time, you had an experience, not only, you know, on the animal health side, but you, you were in a doctor's truck, right? So tell us a little bit about, you had two roles, if I remember correctly, during your year in Kentucky. And so let's talk about that because I think they were really impactful to your ability to be successful in the next career steps that you took. So tell us more about what you did while you were there at Haggard.
1: Yeah. So luckily I had the opportunity to ride with Dr. Ernie Martinez, who was also one of the facilitators for the internship group. And he worked really well with all the pharmaceutical sales reps and kind of was a representative for Haggard. But we were on all of the busy breeding farms and I got access and exposure to working with the clients, working with the actual drugs themselves, how they worked in a breeding season cycle in and in a horse sale cycle, all of that helped him with the billing and kind of saw what he needed to be su- a successful veterinarian in a really yeah. busy practice. And of yes. course, I've taken a lot of those skills now into my role today and just being a vet tech has made me very relatable in the role I'm in now, credibility in the role I'm in now.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, Amanda. And I have to stop there because I, again, I want our listeners to hear that because I still will say after this many years in the field, that if you have the kind of training and experience that comes from being a veterinary technician you are so much more set up for success in these industry roles. I think that we cannot discount all that comes from veterinary technician experience. And so I I really wanted to make sure that we shared exactly as you did,
1: how important that was. Yeah. And and to your point, it spanned just a little bit. It reminds me just you know, you have the understanding of what their work day looks like and, you know, the hours that goes into it and how the drugs are actually used in the field and and just what their life is like, you know, these veterinarians' lives are like. And, you know, it instilled a lot of, I have to be there on time every single day. We work seven days a week. Just all those little skills, really, when I look back on it now, I'm so glad I have. And then I, I share a lot of that experience in my Day to day role as well, right? So I think in speaking with my veterinarians now and selling these drug, um, selling these equine um, medications, it is a lot of credit. It has given me a lot of credibility coming from yeah. the field. Yeah
0: without a doubt. Now, so you spent that first 6 months really working hand in hand with a veterinarian and in the field and then you took on another role that I mean just as important, right? So tell us about the tail end of your experience there for your year in Kentucky where you were in the pharmacy.
1: Yeah. So the pharmacy role was probably the catalyst and kind of what jumped me into the role I have now of This is really where I got to see the inside look of, we had a purchaser in there and see how they worked with the manufacturer reps and the distribution reps. And I saw those reps come into the office and bring the food and give us, you know, the details and, and train us. And then I also got to work with clients over the phone and place orders and do the billing and then get exposed to all the veterinarians at Haggard. And that's where I honestly sat there. And I said, there is a hundred drugs on these shelves. And I pulled, I'll honestly, this is my story As I pulled every single drug. I was sitting in the pharmacy And I pulled every single drug off the counter and I took a note of those companies and I sat there and realized there is uh, hundreds of companies that have opportunities in equine and equine jobs. And I just started Googling all of them, you know, from uh, Platinum and Zoetis and Merck and BI and um, Patterson and just all these, even little ones, like um, there was a fan company and a fence company selling to equine customers and selling equine products. And I was like, gosh, this is the things I want. This is what I want to do. Yes. And I just sat there and saw all these great opportunities and kind of a light bulb just went off. And really, it was as simple as I just started googling these companies, looking at open opportunities and started applying to jobs that sounded like things I wanted to do, match some of my goals, match my skill sets, and I just started applying.
0: Yeah, good for you, and that it it shares so much what I call grit. Grit, tenacity, it's that passion and perseverance of, I don't know exactly where I need to be or what I'm going to be doing, but here's how I'm going to start. And I know that you make it a point to share with people, much like I do, that those companies are out there. And we might be able to name off five or even 10 companies in and around the equine industry. But when you just start with something like Google, for instance, or for me, and you say the same thing, go to the AAEP website, the American Association of Equine Practitioners. I am quick to guide people to say every year for the annual convention of AAEP, there's an exhibitor list. Right there is two or 300 companies that you should start following on LinkedIn, Googling, looking at position descriptions. And I know that you say the same thing. The opportunities are out there and we have no idea the scale and the size and the scope of what's out there as it relates to in and around, whether it's sales, whether it's marketing, whether it's finance, whatever it might look like, you know, you're know, you a great example of that.
1: Thank you, 100%. And to your point, it doesn't have to be sales. I mean, yes, we were lucky and we love this path of getting to be in front of our customers and be front of, you know, in selling things and giving presentations and all of that stuff. But it is not just sales. Every one of these companies, there's manufacturing companies and nutrition companies and insurance companies and CE providers and associations all working in the equine industry and having equine products. And then inside of those companies, yes, sales and outside sales, but there's inside sales, there's manager roles, there's marketing roles, there's finance. If you're really into the science part of it, but didn't become an equine veterinarian, there's R and D roles, research and development roles, there's scientists roles in every single one of these companies. yes. So there's support roles, there's purchasers, um, meeting planners, product trainers. I mean, if you don't wanna be in the field, but you wanna train the sales force, there's those people. I mean, there's just, even in every single company, there's so many opportunities that fit so many of us, not just sales and don't limit it and think it's just sales because there's so many Different roles inside every company that are equine focused. I mean, it's just amazing.
0: Yeah. I had a guest recently even say, if you have an interest in marketing and you can speak horse, we need you. You know, we need more people who can speak horse, as I will say, quote unquote, and to pursue some of these roles because, as she explained it, and as you well know, you can bring a gifted marketer in, but When we need to advertise to a Western market and they pick a racehorse, then we're probably not speaking horse very well. And, you know, so the opportunities are endless. Now, I think that brings us, Amanda, to the point where because you are quick to say it is the combination of your business, your marketing, and your equine uh, focus with your education and your life the roles that you have had since Haggard. So what happened then as you wrapped up your year in Kentucky and what was next for you?
1: Yeah, so, and we will get into this, but with the help of my network that I had built In Kentucky, which really did consist of of you, Jody, and just getting to know you and and having a relationship with you, and then having a relationship with Dr. Martinez and, and some of the other industry reps, that helped me land my first sales role with Zoetis. In 2015, in October of 2015, I landed my first sales role with Zoetis. And that kind of brought me, I was so blessed that that brought me back home to the West. And I was, and it was a equine specialist role in California, and then ended up expanding to Arizona. It was just absolutely ideal. And I was blessed to get that opportunity actually without any sales experience. I was a year out of college. And so what I would say my advice with when I started to apply was that was a reach, you know, a lot of the job description qualifications, I wasn't there yet, but I knew I could be, and I knew I wanted to try. So I was applying for some roles that was a little bit of a reach, but because of the experiences I had, probably because of that business degree, because of the network I created and the help of you and, and Dr. Martinez and things like that, I actually landed that role.
0: Yeah. And that wasn't easy, Amanda. Like I don't want our listeners, especially when they hear you say that you got that with no sales experience, because how often do we hear that? How do you get a job like this? How do I get into this industry? How do I become an equine specialist? And how am I ever going to get hired when everybody says I have to have five years of experience? You know, we hear those challenges and objections, but you are quick to say, that not only did you apply and you checked all the boxes for the application process, but I am also quick to say you went above and beyond. You pursued the role relentlessly. You became memorable, you know? So talk to us a little bit about how you did that because I think that had you just applied for the role, gotten the interview, gone through the interview process without pursuing it relentlessly you would not have gotten that opportunity am i right
1: a hundred percent and that that's really the key when you're looking for your first opportunity and to your point i have so many people say i'm not qualified for that i don't want to apply to that yet and this is my story of you do just got to apply and then you've got to if you still are at the point where you're kind of working on that sales experience or working up to that first role, you have to set yourself apart. And like I said, you've got to build that network. And I think what I did relentlessly was I reached out to all the key players. You and I were very much in touch the whole time. I was very much in touch with some of the other equine specialists on that Zoetis team. Currently, I reached out to as many people in the industry as possible tied to that role. And one got a a lot of insight into the role that helped me in the interview process. Then I had some people believing in me and kind of had my back to the right people and putting good words in. And then honestly, I went back to my business degree and my experiences in college. And I sat down and and I said, how am I going to set myself apart in this interview? Because yeah, the sales experience isn't on the resume, but I'm going to demonstrate to them in this interview exactly how I can do this role and that I'm capable of doing it. And I sat down and I literally made an entire business plan, a hypothetical business plan for the territory specifically. I looked up the vets in the area. Um, I looked, I, you know, looked up the products. I made a, a 30, 60, 90 day business plan presentation. And I went in there and I presented exactly how I was going to do the job in the first 90 days. And I took a lot and that was a lot from my business degree background I took. And then even I present and I even put together an entire portfolio of the work I had didn't uh, done in school. I had brought into the interview process, some of the projects I had worked on, some of the presentations I had created, some of the marketing pieces, just a lot of that stuff that demonstrated that I had the business acumen to do the job. I knew the customers already because I'd done the research and I'd worked for an equine veterinarian. So I knew my cut, the customers. And then I had the connections too by building my network. Yeah. So that was just a lot of the legwork I had, you know, I put into it and brought to the table in the interview.
0: Yeah, it was really impressive. And I think that We need to hear that sometimes, whether we're early in our career, first job, or really if we are tenured career professionals and we are ready for something new or different, we have to remember that it is a full-time job earning a new job. And the more effort that we put into it and the more excited and passionate we can be about what our own skills are and what we're bringing to the table and how then we communicate that we are creating a competitive edge and we are giving them no choice, but to say, Hey, we got to take a chance on this one. And the, to your point above and beyond, it's what I call the passion and perseverance, right? The grit that goes into that. So I just wanted to share that because you were 110% determined to earn that role. And you had applied for some other jobs along the way, right? And so I know I don't want anyone to think it was the only job. It was the first job, you know, that you applied for anything like that. This is a, it's a frustrating journey at times. And we're all going to face failures, disappointments, rejections, things like that. I think anymore, it takes no less than three months to get a new job. And it is hard. And most of the time we're looking at at least 10 rejections before we earn a yes. So I like to share the reality.
1: I love to share a little story there of just, I get that all the time from friends of they've applied to five or six and it's just not happening. They try to give up, but to your exact point, I literally applied for a couple jobs that was more probably in line with the job I should get right out of you know a first year of out of college, and I actually didn't get those there was three i there was even an internship i that was barely paid an internship that I didn't even receive, and I was feeling down like i you know I'm not even getting these opportunities that make even sense resume wise and the lesson there was. Um, The lesson there was, if it's not the right opportunity, sometimes it doesn't happen for a reason too. And that's kind of what I took out of it, was keep trying and also, like I said, I encourage people to apply for some of those roles that yeah, maybe resume wise, you're not there yet, but if you do some of the things that I did, I earned that opportunity and it was just, it was the right role at the right time and the right people. And there was a big key to the right people part was I had the right people in my corner, say with you and Dr. Martinez, but the manager hiring at the time, which was just the person to believe in that aspect of it. He believed in my interview. He believed in me. And it was the right opportunity. And I am so blessed looking back that I didn't receive any of those other roles because this was the right role. And I would have a completely different life, I think, if I would have accepted even that internship. So you have to trust in some of that process, too, is what I'm trying to say of sometimes you just have to line up with the right people and the right opportunity will happen. And sometimes yeah. the wrong opportunities don't happen for a reason. And you might not see that in the moment, but there's a reason it didn't.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And that we won't get too far into the culture discussion because then it's important, but that's just what you're saying. Right. So I'll just say that. And, and I talk a lot about culture and pursuing the right culture, but it was the right fit for you. And, and it really worked out beautifully. And that's where you spent the next five or so years of your career. Now you have, again, taken another leap after that to step up to a senior equine specialist role. So let's talk about that next transition that came for you. You learned a lot, you met a lot of people, all the things that occurred in that first role. Now let's talk about what the transition looked like and where you are now.
1: Yeah. So it's been a really cool transition to senior and with senior, it's just been fun to, I feel like it's the next step of now I get to maybe help some of the people that were in that um, position I was in, you know, nine, 10 years ago. And I do get to train some of our uh, team members that come in and they're maybe brand new, they're year one or new to the industry, new to sales. I get to train, I get to present and I get to dive a little deeper into all of the aspects of the company, be involved in a lot of the business teams, and even some of the decisions that the company makes, I get to be really involved in, work heavily with marketing and promotions, and just take on a lot more of um, the internal job, uh, some of the internal opportunities too. And that's been really rewarding.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the team at BI. So you are at BI now, so explain that why do we call it BI because it's kind of tough to and to pronounce and spell, right? So give us a little rundown of, of where you are.
1: Yeah, it's a German company and so it's, it's I butcher it every time. It's um Bowringer Ingelheim. I know it's pronounced that Bowringer so uh, pronounced a couple different ways, but BI is kind of the golden a word and a little bit of the easier word but it's a great team we actually just expanded we went from 30 equine sales reps in the field to 40 we've got six dedicated marketers we have and this is just on the equine team so six marketers nine professional service veterinarians so we just added three specialty area managers so um They work with our big corporate accounts. Um, We call them SAM roles. Uh, We just added three equine of those. So we've got three uh, business managers ahead of equine. We're just a huge team. And And what's really cool about that is the reason the company expanded is because they wholeheartedly believe in the equine industry. They believe it's growing. They believe it's expanding. They believe that we have so many products and so many products coming out in the future that we need that dedicated team. And if these pharmaceutical companies are investing in these equine teams like that, equine is just growing, it's here to stay. There's gonna, you know, these roles are here to stay and there's so much opportunity in the equine industry and it it shows that the veterinary industry is growing, the amount of horses we see here is growing, breeding, all of that is growing. So it's just a really good pulse check on the industry too when these companies invest that kind of money and that kind of um, head count It's good times in the equine industry, I have to say, I think.
0: Yes, I love that. And you and I, we tend to focus on that because we hear so much about companion animal. And so the reason that we really like for people to hear us say, times are good in equine. There are opportunities, there is growth, there is what we might call additional medicalization. And I think that's a beautiful tie, Amanda, back to your personal life side of what you do and because we are seeing people that want to continue being involved in horses, that they have horses as a hobby, and they're showing horses and competing and things like that. I think that you are, again, a thriving equine professional. And so not only do you live this in your career, but you live it in your personal life as well. I think you recently had some pretty big success, it was looking like to me on social media. So let's talk about the fact that you actually can have a job uh, in and around the equine industry, and also you have a life that includes horses. So tell us a little bit about you.
1: Yes. So, this is my favorite part. And this is really, um we've talked about this in our careers together, Jody, but this is really my why, you know, and it really helps. And I really think it contributes to, say, this elusive work life balance, you know, phrase and, and, just the why behind what we do, and it contributes to why I've been able to do this for nine years straight, and, and I want to do this career and be in the equine industry my entire life, is that I really love it, I'm pa- really passionate about it, and I live it. I don't just, say, work in it or sell a detail piece or just sell a product. I literally live this. I have cow horses and cutting horses and in the most of my career i've been an avid competitor that literally uses the products that these companies sell even from the ones that i represent but from all companies all the nutrition companies all these things i use them on a daily basis myself and i work with my veterinarians personally and for work and And I bring my horses into the vet clinic and I want to know what the best medicine is and the best sciences and all the best products are not just for my work and my career, but also for my personal horses. And that just fuels my passion for this. I think it fuels my why for this. It fuels my credibility. I think it really just contributes to the overall, my wellness, this is just my life. And I just live and breathe, yeah. you know, the equine industry. And I do think that is an important part, to things. Personally, I've just, I think you can have horses, show horses, love your horses and have a really successful career on top of it. And I think it can go yeah. hand in hand. And I absolutely love when I show my horses and I say that my horse is fueled by BI products and I use this product this way. And and I get my veterinarians, when I walk in, they're like, exactly what you said, great job on your show this weekend. And I'm like, yeah, And, and they get excited about it. And I walk in and I say, I use that product on my horse. And that really just fuels, it just makes it that much more fun. And it doesn't take, it actually adds to my career. It adds to my, like I said, my credibility. It adds to um, the knowledge I have of what I do in the products and how they're used. And I think it's helped me. It's one of the keys of my success is that I'm, I, you know, live it just as much as I um, work in it. Yes. Yeah. And I, have yeah, so right now I just bought a new cutting horse and we had a fantastic weekend and. And then the other part of it that's been kind of a key to just the long-term success I want to touch on quickly is really involving your friends your in your family and even your colleagues in your passions as well and in your work. So one fun story is I've always had my dad and my mom involved in my work and really they've loved my job just as much as I have and um, one time I was working a dealer store event and I needed a little extra help. So my mom came with me and we were getting, giving out raffle tickets for purchases and she took her scarf and tied it around the raffle roll of ticket roll. And she was handing out the tickets and she's talking to customers and other manufacturers are loving her and she's just involved, you know, and, and that was just a blast in, So my work has never been separate from my family or my friends. Um, They come to like my horse owner meetings. They, you know, they support my career as well. And then my colleagues have always, like you cheering me on, on the horse showing part of it. They can be your friends and your biggest cheerleaders in and outside of work as well. Yeah. So that's my biggest advice to just keeping this you know, being successful and keeping that work-life balance is just making it fun, making it mesh with your life.
0: Yes. I love that because one of the questions that I've been asking, right, is exactly that. Now our listeners know, and I just don't, I do not miss an opportunity to share my opinion about the term work-life balance. I hate that term. And I tend to use life balance. I want to replace it because I think when we talk about work-life balance, it's conflict. It creates a conflict. It's a little bit combative. But just exactly to your point, it really is life balance. You know, you are an equine professional. You are also an enthusiastic rider and competitor, and that's part of your life. You're a family member and a, a daughter and a friend and all of those things. And those are all roles within our life. So you have explained that so well of how to incorporate the crossover of personal and professional passions So another question that I love to ask our guests is, is there any particular book or podcast that you love or that you would share with our listeners at this point and say, oh my gosh, yes. Like, I think this is a, this is worth your time. Anything that you would read or listen to anything that stands out?
1: The one in this does kind of go back to the topic we were just talking about. The one that's just kind of guided me at, guided me over the years. When things get tough, when I kind of sit there and I'm like, like things are just, maybe things are too work heavy feeling, or I lose kind of my direction or my, why am I doing this kind of moments? I always do go back to, we were exposed to this at one point in a training, the Simon Sinek why video. And this is a great Ted talk. And I encourage anybody in their stage of their life and career to look up Simon Sinek's why uh, video Ted talk and just take that to heart. And it's always, anytime I've been frustrated, I go back to what is my why? Why do I work in the equine industry? Why do I show horses? Why do I do anything? It always kind of brings me back centered and kind of refocuses me always.
0: Oh, that's so good. That's so good. That's There's a lot of wisdom in that. And I will make sure that I link that in the show notes because that's really tremendous advice, Amanda.
1: Perfect. And I think even in the beginning of career, like when I was in that interview process for Zoetis in between Haggard and Zoetis, if you can identify your why really early on and be very confident in it too, you're going to, Um, You're always going to set yourself apart and people are always going to believe in you. They're always going to feel that passion from you. And I think that makes a world of difference in anything you do in your career and horse showing in your any extracurricular in your relationships. I think if you're strong in your why and you're just confident in that, it's always going to guide you in the right way.
0: So wise. I agree 100%. That's so good. Amanda, as we wrap up today, I anything else that you would share with our listeners? Again, I am so proud of you. This also, for me, it's so full circle, you know, getting to work with you early on getting that call from Dr. Martinez that this is a young lady that real like you need to spend some time with her and she's worth it. And here you are again, just thriving in your career and have really grown so much. What else would you share with our listeners today, Amanda? Because I know you and I, we could talk and talk forever, but as we wrap up, what else do you want to share?
1: Yeah, I'd just like to end on keep... The networking piece of it. That's why you and I are here today. That's why we're doing this interview is really building your network over time. Every job you have, every experience you, you, you go to keep a role of your network and really try to expand your network Everywhere you go. And there's so, and that's just gonna be key and lead you in this equine industry. It's huge and the opportunities are endless, but it is small as well. So the more people you know and you get to interact with, the better. And also in the equine industry, there's so many resources. So Like we talked about, the list just go to the partners list on the AEP website. And I'm sure Jody can link that, but and look through the hundreds and hundreds of equine focused companies that support the AEP. And that's the full list of opportunities, I would call it. That's the full list of opportunities. And just start reach out to the network you know are involved in those companies and in this uh, in the industry. And so networking really yes. it's, can't get away from it. It is so important. It is so key. And yeah, and that'll take you where you need to go as well.
0: The human connection. That is the most important piece is how strongly we can continue to create and nurture the human connections in our lives. So I absolutely agree with you. I think there's no better place to end on other than connecting with you there will be some of our listeners that will want to connect with you i know that you and i are both big on linkedin and so they can find you amanda dingley on linkedin and i can link that in the show notes as well and if they want to reach out to you is that the best place that they can find you
1: that'd be great yep add me on linkedin send me a message i'm happy to help um get you connected to these companies give you that list explore any of the roles within these companies kind of tell you my day-to-day and and see what opportunities fits for you guys i also really like I help a lot of my friends with their resumes, you know, it's really key to tailor it to the job. I'm happy to help with those kind of things. Uh, I can look at your resume for you, help with interview skills, that kind of thing. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Perfect.
0: Amanda, thank you so much for joining us today on the Thriving Equine Professional and Thrivers, we will see you back here same time next week. Have an amazing
1: day. Thank you.
0: Thriver, I hope this episode inspired and empowered you to keep growing. If so, I'd be so grateful if you hit that share button and send it to your tribe so they can thrive too. And while you're there, please leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts so everyone can find the show. I love to know what keeps you listening, especially if I'm at the barn with you. I'll meet you back here same time next week. Cheers, Jody.